GamesillaMedia.com. Noise Land Arcade. Welcome to this week's episode of Noiseland Arcade. I am Craig WK, and with me is my buddy, Sean the Arcade Phantom. How's it going, everybody? Sean, great to be talking about The Simpsons with you, as always. Uh, but even better to talk about this episode. This is probably Sean and I's favorite episode of season one. It might not be the best episode, but this might be our favorite episode. Because it introduces one of the best characters, but we'll get to that. Ah, yes. Because today we're covering Krusty Gets Busted. Yeah, so when did this episode first air? This episode first aired on April 29th, 1990. Yeah, so, I, uh, I, uh, Sean, I, I did a, a little bit of uh, digging into what was going on uh, at the time. And, you know, I, we're, we're seeing a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now, especially involving, like, the Soviets and, uh, you know, uh, a whole bunch of other stuff that we've been chatting about, uh, uh, you know, in recent episodes for the, the news. But at this time, uh, uh, there, there was actually a news story in the uh, Detroit Free Press. And uh, around this time, Oliver North had faded from the public eye. Really? Yeah, so Oliver North uh, was, uh, uh, for those who are unaware, uh, he had lied to Congress, I believe it was, and uh, so uh, he he knew information about how we were funding weapons to uh, uh, Iran in order to get money to then turn around and, like, fund the Contras uh, in... Which gave us a great arcade and NES game, right? <laughs> yeah, that... Go Ollie North! <laughs> Go Ollie North! <laughs> He was just poured into that uniform. But uh, I, but around this time, he was actually trying to change that. Uh, he was trying to get back into the public eye because he was campaigning for a Clark Durant, uh, or Clark Durant, uh, who was going to run for the Republican primary for the U.S. Uh, the U.S. Senate. Uh, and uh, uh, you know what, what, of course, happened with uh, uh, Clark Durant? He lost. He lost to some dude named Bill Shute. But you know, you know when Ollie North did not lose? He's now the head of the NRA. Is he now? Yeah, he is. Currently, as of the time we're recording this episode, he's the head of the NRA. Oliver North. Yeah. The guy who, okay, yeah, fair enough, who was uh, selling selling arms selling to the country yeah, and, um, because he wanted to fund the arms of other nations. Yeah, okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so, Sean, what do you have here for us? So... There's one thing I love and I haven't been able to talk about on this podcast at all. Mm -hmm. I love going to the arcade and playing arcade games. Yeah, yeah. I'm building an arcade cabinet for myself because I love them. You know what came out this month? Smash TV. Ooh. Smash TV came out in arcades. Nice. That is one of the most fun quarter-eating machines you will ever play. I do really like Smash TV because it's so mindless. You just shoot stuff over and over. You wander around and go into rooms. It's like a game show. Yeah, it basically is. It's a game show of murder. Just like that uh, movie. Um, 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 with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah, I think that's yeah, it. That was game show of murder, right? <laughs> I think that was it. Uh, so I... Uh, so we haven't uh, brought up uh, uh, the episode uh, uh, or what it's about. So it is Krusty Gets Busted. And, or, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, Krusty Gets Busted. 
And uh, in this episode, Bart's idol, Krusty the Clown, seemingly gets caught for armed robbery. Uh, but for Bart and Lisa, the evidence doesn't seem to add up, and they decide to investigate. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah, so this is sort of a a mystery episode. It plays out like a mystery. It kind of does. It's uh, a lot of the the, the mystery, uh, like, if you're a fan of mysteries, whether it's, you know, Sherlock Holmes, whether it's uh, I'm a fan of Inspector Lewis on BBC, uh, there, there's plenty of uh, uh, there's, uh, uh uh, Poirot, uh, Agatha Christie stuff, uh, Detective Conan, Miss Marble, I, uh, I, uh, you know, there's plenty. By, by the way, speaking of Agatha Christie, uh-huh. Murder She Wrote, <laughs> Murder Angela Lansbury is my bae. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it, this episode does play out with like like the the mystery uh, uh, style reveals and stuff, which is which is really cool. Uh, but so on the uh, uh, at the start of this episode, I. Uh, we see uh, Bart is watching the Krusty the Clown show. And uh, so, which is interesting because this isn't Krusty's first appearance. Was Krusty's first appearance when he was in the Bloodthirsty Mob for the Telltale Head? <laughs> he did show up in the Bloodthirsty Mob, yeah. So, so Bart's shouldn't really be thrilled with Krusty the Clown because he was, you know, in a Bloodthirsty Mob trying to uh, kill him. But that was the whole town. The whole town was trying to kill him. Yeah, all right. That's true. You yeah. can't hold a grudge against everybody. I mean, I think I could, but I have a lot of hate in my heart, so you know that's that's just me. Uh, so I, I, they're watching the show, and Bart is just reveling in the fact that Krusty's so funny. Uh, it's this little is girl he funny though, because Krusty starts his show off, and it's really dark. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you mean the fact that uh, he demands that the uh, the kids. Uh, repeat after him and when he asks uh, the kids or not necessarily repeat after him but he, he shouts to the crowd what would you do if I was taken off the air and the kids yell we'd, we'd kill, kill ourselves. ourselves that's dark that is super messed up it is a very funny joke but it is immensely dark I uh, so uh, it's a little girl's birthday and Krusty uh, asked the little girl if uh, she wants him to sing happy birthday and uh, or shoot Sideshow Bob out of a cannon. And the whole while Sideshow Bob is using a slide whistle. And when he's like, you know, do you want me to sing you happy birthday? It's like, woo, 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 woo. and then when it's uh, like, or do you want to shoot Sideshow Bob out of the cannon? It's and I. Uh, the kids all in the crowd are sh- chanting canon, and Lisa and Bart are chanting canon. And the kids revel in that misery. <laughs> and so Krusty uh, uh, throws Sideshow Bob into the canon. And I love the expression on Sideshow Bob's face as he's just glaring at Krusty, as Krusty's like, oh, you know, like, it didn't work last time, but I think that's because we didn't use enough gunpowder. And they pour in more gunpowder. They light it. And the cannon explodes, and then poor Sideshow Bob just slowly drapes out of it, and the, the medics, like, pick him up to carry him off. And Krusty says what is then his catchphrase. Do you know what Krusty's catchphrase was then? Don't blame me! I didn't do it! Which later becomes Bart's catchphrase on the very same TV show is, I didn't do it. Which is interesting because Bart stole it from Krusty. But even at the time, Bart did consider Krusty as a comedic genius in in this episode and even, of course, later on. So it's interesting that, like, Krusty steals people's bits and that kind of becomes one of the ongoing running gags for the series. But in that in the uh, the episode where 
uh, Bart gets famous, he, he gets, steals Krusty's he bit. He steals Krusty's line. Yeah, I didn't do it. He pays him back, basically, by stealing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was kind of weird. I... Uh, so Marge, uh, or so the uh, uh, they start playing uh, uh, Itchy and Scratchy, which I don't was it was this the first time we see Itchy and Scratchy? I almost want to say it was in an earlier season. I believe they episode. showed up in an earlier episode. I don't I, remember. I don't remember which episode either. But you're right. I think there was uh, uh, another one. Uh, but I, I, Marge comes out and she's like, "How many times can you watch like you know that cat and mouse like you know maim each other or whatever?" And I. Uh, uh, she just can't understand it. And Lisa says uh, a, a very meta joke. Uh, she says, uh, 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 if cartoons were meant for adults, they'd put them on primetime. And, of course, The Simpsons at this time was on primetime. But they're not the first animated show to be in primetime. No, that's true. What because was the first? Flintstones? The Flintstones aired in primetime. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I'm sure there must have been other cartoons that aired in primetime, right? But, like... I can't think of many others aside from Flintstones and The Simpsons at this era. Yeah, I believe the Flintstones, Jetsons might have done it. I don't. I'm not familiar with that time. Mm, yeah, that's true. I mean, you got to think the Flintstones was what I uh, uh, that was airing in like the 50s, back when it was legal to advertise smokes to people. Yeah, it was. I mm. uh, so I. Uh, the episode continues on, and uh, uh, Marge calls up Homer because uh, uh, she wants him to pick up some ice cream at the uh, party store. Fancy ice cream. Premium ice cream. Yes. And, which I'll get to that in a little bit. Don't you worry. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping you would because I was going to bring it up otherwise. <laughs> so uh, Homer's like, ooh, premium. And then uh, he goes, wait a minute why and uh he immediately becomes suspicious for why for the reasoning for the premium ice cream and uh it's because patty and selma are coming by to uh show slides of their trip to the yucatan Ooh, sounds fascinating uh now in patty and selma's defense the yucatan peninsula is a very interesting uh region of mexico uh it separates the gulf of mexico from the uh, uh caribbean sea uh and it has cancun a party city and also in the same area ancient mayan ruins so like honestly the yucatan is a really really cool area it's just uh you as we'll find out patty and selma take pictures of everything and it's always the stuff that doesn't matter yes i uh, but i uh, uh, Homer was excited about premium ice cream. Sean, are you familiar with the differences between regular ice cream and premium ice cream and arguably even super premium ice cream? Well, in order to know that, I would have to work in a dairy department, which I have not worked in a dairy <laughs> if department. If only we had someone that worked in a dairy department before. Perhaps someone who was a dairy manager who could tell us the difference in this. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, regular ice cream is about 10% butterfat and 100% overrun. For, for anyone who, who doesn't care enough or uh, uh, is unfamiliar, overrun is essentially the air that's whipped into ice cream, which means that when you buy regular ice cream, it is equal parts air and equal parts ice cream mixture, which is kind of depressing to think that that's what you're paying for is half of it is air, uh, just about. Uh, premium ice cream uh, and even like on beyond that into like super premiums and stuff typically have around 15% butterfat, so a lot more butterfat and only like 50% or 60, maybe a little higher percent overrun because there needs to be air whipped into it. But uh, but yeah, that's the, the big differences between regular ice cream premium and like the, the higher end stuff. So when you go to buy ice cream, everybody, you make sure you're buying that premium stuff because you deserve it. 
I'm so glad we had an expert to come on the show to tell us the difference in that. I was really hoping somebody would come on and say that. If any podcast out there needs someone who's an expert on ice cream, you just call up Craig WK and he'll be happy to be a guest spot and talk about ice cream. It's one of his favorite topics. So Homer goes to the Quickie Mart to get this premium ice cream, mm-hmm. which he deserved because everybody deserves premium right? ice cream. Right? Nobody deserves 100% overrun. That's nonsense. <laughs> Nobody deserves 100% overrun, all right? You, you all are better than that. You're listening to Noiseland Arcade. You deserve 50% overrun or 60%, whatever. You know, depends on the brand. Ah, and he goes to the Quickie Mart. Uh-huh. And there he runs into... A rather strange individual to be shopping in the Quickie Mart. Uh, oh, you mean the guy that he didn't pay any mind to? Someone who's clearly Krusty the Clown with a tiny, uh, uh, like, Hamburglar style, like, uh, mask over yeah, his eyes? he's got, eyes. like, a domino mask. What the hell is the point of it? <laughs> see, he's still got all the makeup on. Well, we'll soon see that that's maybe the point, of I, course. I, I get that, but even then, he could have just looked like Krusty the freaking clown, and it would have worked. And it kind of blows my mind that uh, Homer doesn't pay, it pays him so little mind that he doesn't realize that Krusty the clown is uh, getting a, a microwave burrito, reading the, uh, I think it's what, the Springfield, Springfield Review of Books. Of Books, yeah. And uh, he's just hanging out, and... Uh, Homer Homer gets uh, uh, some premium ice cream and even buys an ice cream bar for the trip to the register, uh, which uh, kudos to Apu for being cool enough with Homer, uh, because in this episode, uh, Homer actually knows Apu well enough. He calls him by name uh, and uh, Apu knows him so well. Maybe because, you know, they were in a barbershop quartet together. Uh, because uh, uh, he says, like, you know, he's like, Mr. Simpson, he's like, you know, you, you, I've never seen you so sad buying such a large quantity of ice cream before. What's the issue? And uh, Homer says that uh, he's stuck dealing with the gruesome twosome, his sister-in-laws. Which is a perfect Perfect way to describe Patty and Soma. <laughs> the gruesome twosome? Yeah, pretty much. They're always together, and uh, they really, really hate on Homer. Yeah, they do. They really, they they definitely have that dynamic uh, where Homer and uh, his sister-in-laws do not get along in the least. Uh, but uh, uh, when Homer's going uh, like up to the register, he steps on the foot of the uh, the guy who's you know. Uh, Krusty the Clown. Yeah, Krusty a, the Clown. In a mask. In a mask. And uh, steps on his giant feet. Which Apu never says anything about the guy in the mask in his store. Yeah. If somebody in a ma- walks in with a mask in a store I'm working at, I'm immediately concerned. Especially if it's a clown in a mask. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, I want you guys, like all of our listeners, you're running a party store. You're you're behind the counter. Uh, it, it's a pretty open party store. Like, unlike uh, uh, a lot of them these days, which have like uh, like at least the gas stations have those glass fronts. I. Uh, or like, or the 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 place where you purchase things is sort of in a corner of the store, near usually near the door. In this case, the 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 counter for the Quickie Mart is just sort of smack dab in the middle of the store, and you're just standing there in the middle of your store, and the door opens and it's a clown, and he's wearing like the domino mask, the criminal style mask, and he just walks in, he starts getting a burrito, like you're not gonna be like, excuse me, clown. Uh, I don't mean this in a negative sense, but you are literally a clown and you're you're terrifying me. Why are you here? I mean, if you say that to him, he's just going to look at you dead eyed and say, do, 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 do. The only other acceptable response would be him 
touching his nose and going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a clown is terrified enough as it is. Yeah, clowns. Clowns are kind of scary. I, they don't really like. They, they don't, don't freak me out. They don't freak me out. Like they, they really don't. But, but they are kind of unsettling, especially in out of like like out of context areas. If you're at a circus, a clown does not scare me. If you're at like a festival, a, a, a kid's birthday party, yeah, whatever the case may be, that does not scare me. But if I'm in a party store and I turn a corner <laughs> and I see a clown. All right, that's a little weird. If I'm like wandering around late at night and like somebody trying to hitchhike is a clown, okay, yeah, it's a little weird. I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, it's a yeah. little weird. Uh, so, so Homer steps on this guy's foot, Krusty the Clown. The guy says something of the nature of like, you know, like, oh, my foot, watch it, you idiot. And Homer turns around to apologize to the guy and he sees that he has a gun. Homer drops everything. Dives into uh, uh, like a, a snack uh, uh, rack, uh, like of potato chips, and the guy and Krusty the Clown walks up to Apu, holds it up, up the gun. And he says, "Like, give me all your money." And and Apu, quick as the flash, has a bag full of money. He's just ready to be robbed. He's just, Here you go. There you go. It's <laughs> he's very says, quick. I work in a convenience store. I'm aware of the procedure for armed robbery. And he hands him the bag. The guy. Stops at the door, turns, looks at everybody, and then bolts out. And uh, Apu says an, a rather odd remark, which is something that kind of gets repeated a, a few times in this episode. He tells Homer, he says, "Mr. You know, like Mr. Simpson, I, uh, you know, your chance to be a hero has ended. You can come out from your hiding place." Now, to the best of my knowledge, and I'm hardly a, an expert in this field, but. I'm pretty sure that if somebody tries to rob you, you don't fight back with the guy with to the guy with a gun. You give him the money. That's it. You just give him the money. That's all. You give him the money. You let him go because that is the safest way that is going to protect people. Statistically, yes, that is the safest way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and it might be different. You know, if if you know. Apu had a gun, or Homer had a gun, something of that nature. But, like, statistically, it's better just to let it go. Just, you know, let it do its thing. To be fair, though, Homer kind of does go above and beyond by diving out of the way into the snacks, swan diving in. <laughs> he does swan dive. I mean, that could alert somebody and make them shoot someone. That's, I mean, yeah, honestly, he probably shouldn't have just gently, ran away. Gently backing off would probably be the safest option. Or standing there and putting your hands in the air or putting your hands up, whatever the case may be. I, uh, yeah, but I, uh, I, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, Apu gives him a hard time about that, and, which I thought was kind of weird. I, uh, but all right, whatever, that's fine. I, uh, you know, so I, uh, so the police arrive. Yeah, and uh, Homer is giving the the details to a police sketch artist. And did you catch what Homer said? No. What did he say? He says, "I." Uh, he's he's describing him. He's like big nose, bigger, bigger nose, and you know, which of course he's a clown. That's kind of funny. But then he says, "And big red hair." Huh, Krusty's hair isn't red. Now, there's two reasons this is strange. That's the first gut reaction is, Krusty's hair isn't red. Why does Homer say that? The other thing that's strange is that the police sketch artist is doing a charcoal drawing. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in the least. You could, you could tell him it's purple hair or pink hair, and it's a police sketch artist with a charcoal <laughs> drawing. Unless you tell them it's dark hair or light hair, it does not matter. That's very true. I didn't think about that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was kind of strange. I... Uh, so, uh, uh, 
Homer uh, uh, also gets sent to uh, the police station so he can... Uh, 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 what, what, well, like first they actually he says oh that's Krusty the Clown my kid's idol oh yeah he's like cr- cruddy crummy uh, Krusty the Clown and they arrest Krusty yeah the uh, SWAT breaks into Krusty's house goes through the windows the door that was a little excessive and then they put a giant gun to Krusty's head like if you look at the animation for that scene that gun is huge I think it's like a desert eagle it's bigger <laughs> It's bigger than a desert eagle. It's huge. It's, it's enormous. Like the size of Krusty's head or bigger. They basically grab a cannon out, put it to his head, and... Oh, it's a hand cannon. It's a dirty, hairy hand cannon. <laughs> so, uh, meanwhile, uh, 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 Marge, uh, uh, Bart, Lisa, Maggie, and Penny, and Selma are looking at all these slides, and they're bored out of their mind, and... Uh, uh, there, there's a particular uh, shot in that scene that I thought was interesting because, like, not only is are Patty and someone they're like, "Here's a taco," pl- or what the Mexicans call a taco platter, and like, you know, Bart's just so bored. He's wearing a sombrero though, so they gave him a uh, uh, a souvenir, which was nice. Uh, but then it's like there's another shot they show, and it's like, and here's I don't remember if it was Patty or Selma, uh, but they're like, it's Selma because I have a note about this one because I think this one's really interesting if it's what you're talking about. Yeah, so uh, uh, Selma is like, you know, this is uh, Selma taking a siesta, and uh, oh, that wasn't the one I was thinking of. Oh, uh, well, the uh, uh, they 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 show that shot, and Bart I think is the this is the first time I think he says I caramba, which is going to become one of his uh, uh, catchphrases. What I was thinking of is the final shot they have is of Selma delivering the film to be developed. Meaning Patty had to get out of the car because it's at a drive up, snap a photo of this on a different roll of film, get that developed and put into this slideshow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a lot of work. That's a lot of work for one <laughs> stupid photo at the very end. That or they used the camera that they were developing, but how would they have done that if it was in the... the doesn't make sense. Time travel. Time, time paradoxes. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, this I think is the first time uh, Bart utters his line, which will become a catchphrase, which is interesting because it's it's a, a line that they, they throw out for the Simpsons moving forward. Bart says, I caramba. But in this case, there was context because Bart says "I caramba" because of the fact that it, it is uh, uh, he's watching slides uh, about Mexico and he had to watch his aunt in a bra and panties. Because I don't know about you, but if someone showed me a picture of my aunt and she was just in bra, bra and panties, that might be my first uh, 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 gut reaction. I caramba. Yeah, I'd probably have the same reaction. I. Uh, so uh, uh, they finish up the, the uh, or, oh, I'm sorry, no, the slides are still going. They catch Krusty, and they bring Homer in to uh, talk about, uh, uh, or, or to uh, point out who was the one who was at the, uh, uh, the armed robbery. And Homer can't stop himself from laughing at all the clowns. I also appreciate that Wiggum says the line, send in the clowns, which that's uh, a reference to uh, like uh, the song, right? Let, let me ask you a question mm-hmm. about this scene because I was thinking this watching this. Uh-huh. Do you ever look at those sad clown paintings and think those are funny? Because that's what they're made to look like. It's the sad clown paintings. <laughs> a, that vel- a velvet painting come to life. Uh, yeah, you know they. I don't know that I ever really laughed at them, but I also never saw them in a police lineup. That's true. That might add a lot of humor to it. But I've never thought tears of a clown 
were funny. <laughs> Nor did I think that song was anything other than terrifying. Because that song is going to play when someone murders me. When my Dateline episode comes out about being murdered, they're going to be like, man, the last thing he heard was Tears of a Clown. Yeah, that's going to murder me. But that's all I can think of when I see that is, sad clowns aren't funny. Why were they a popular thing in paintings? Yeah, that's a, a good point. I, uh, I, I, like, I like the line where Homer's like, you know, if they're guilty of making me laugh, then they're all guilty. And Wiggum's like, Simpson! And he, like, you know, is, is really fired up at him. Uh, so, I, uh, Homer gets home with the ice cream, which is probably melted at this point. Probably. The, the ice cream, it, it doesn't really melt pretty quickly unless it's cold out, but it didn't seem that chilly out, so I... Uh, so Homer gets home and he's like, Marge, he's like, you're never going to believe what's going to happen. And he's like, oh, wait, like, check the news. He turns on the TV and then it dawns on him. He's like, oh, wait, no, Bart's here. And he's like, uh, Bart, he's like, you know, you really like, you know, Krusty the Clown, right? And Bart's like, <laughs> he's like, I worship the ground he walks on. I base my life, like, I base my lifestyle on his teachings. And Homer's like, oh, get up to bed. And it's too late. Uh, Kent Brockman, an Emmy Award winning... Kent Brockman is not the host of this <laughs> Yes, moment. he is not. Uh, Kent Brockman, the Emmy Award winning anchor, is out tonight. So you have to deal with Scott Christian. Uh, Whose or, name I always forget. I always forget Scott Christian's name every time it's brought up. He's always the other newscaster. And he's always so boring. But, interesting mm-hmm. note about this. Yeah. Scott Christian says that Krusty the Clown, who's on another network, meaning Scott Christian got poached from his network that he was working at to work with Kent Brockman later on. Because Kent Brockman is on the same network as Krusty the Clown. You're right. You're right. They would have had to take him from a different network and bring him over. Huh. Interesting. Or they changed Krusty's network? Could be. One of the two. But I, I, so, I, I, the, I, I, what Scott Christian says something of the nature of like he's like you know Krusty the Clown on a rival network opposite of our own Hobo Hank (laughs) who also has won an Emmy Hobo Hank they say is Emmy award winning Hobo Hank's great I mean I could do a whole (laughs) podcast about Hobo Hank in fact I just might (laughs) the Hobo Hank show I so I I they they show the the uh, the clip of Krusty the Clown uh, robbing the bank because the newscaster is of course talking about he, it's like why did the clown cross the road to rob the Quickie Mart and you know he's like not funny in the least uh, and uh, they show the clip and uh, uh, you hear Homer and he's like he's like oh the gruesome twosome and Patty and Selma are like so the truth comes out which interesting note. Do you know anything about surveillance and cameras? Not enough, no. It is very illegal in almost every state in this country to record audio footage without putting a note that tells people their audio is being recorded. Oh. So either one of two things is happening. The Simpsons takes place in one of those states where it is uh, uh, not illegal. Then again, this was the early 90s, so there might have been different laws. Or... The Quickie Mart doesn't give a crap and was willing to record people even though it's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Or they have a sign that we never see saying you are being recorded for surveillance in the front doors. That could be. That could be, too. But I thought that was an interesting note that Mm. there's audio on that recording. Yeah, there is. Uh, 
And so, uh, which is also weird that uh, Patty and Selma are really offended being called the gruesome twosome when they're nothing but cruel to Homer, even throughout the first season. The very first episode, they're rotten to Homer. Oh, yeah. They're terrible to Homer. Yeah. I... Also, uh, when Homer says that uh, Krusty is guilty, he spells it G I L L T Y. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, so the the scene transitions though, and uh, you have Bart in his room. Uh, somber music is playing, which I don't think this music ever gets played again throughout the series. Uh, everything's kind of has a blue hue to it, uh, and crusty stuff is all over the walls. And and Bart's playing with the the crusty doll to make it talk, and he keeps pulling it, and it's like buy my cereal, <laughs> buy my cereal, <laughs> and then he pulls it one last time, and it says I didn't do it. And Bart says, I wish I could believe you. And he's upset. And the scene ends and it like goes to a commercial break. But I really love the imagery in that scene. That scene is a great scene. And it's also really depressing that Bart's mm-hmm. learning that his hero could not be always cracked up to be. Yeah, which, I mean, honestly, we'll we'll sort of see that all throughout the, the series. That, that Krusty is sort of a, a flawed uh, uh, individual. But I... I which we really see even in this episode, of course. I, uh, but I, uh, so the, I, uh, the scene, uh, transitions and it's like another news story. Uh, and it actually shows the episode title, uh, not listed at the very beginning of the episode, but it's Krusty Gets Busted is the news story. I, uh, and uh, uh, they're talking about how, like, all about Krusty the Clown, how, you know, uh, his life, what he's been doing. Uh, and did you catch the uh, the magazine titles that they were flashing on the news story? No, what were the magazine titles, Craig? Uh, well, first off, they call it uh, Krusty Gets Busted, The Day the Laughter Died. Uh, Timely Magazine says that he's Crook of the Year, and Crook is spelled with a K. Uh, News Weekly uh, shows a picture of Krusty the Clown, and the tagline is "Rhymes with Dastard." And in uh, the in the magazine Today's Guns, it shows the three fifty seven Magnum, and they call it the Clown Stopper, and it's Apu on the cover. Ah, Apu got on the magazine cover at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for him. I. Uh, but one mm-hmm. thing they point out in this news article is they talk about the history of Krusty the Clown. Yeah. Krusty has one thing about him that stands out to me in this. He has a line of pork products. We'll later find that Krusty is Jewish. And he has a line of pork products. Not very kosher. No, not kosher in the least. Also, he had a heart attack. Yeah, that led to him having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the, uh, Krusty has an on-air heart attack, which is <laughs> just ridiculous and kind of funny. Uh, I... Keep in mind, too, which is a little weird, uh, and it was up forever ago. Do you Did you catch when he had his heart attack on the air? When did he have his heart attack? 1986, which would have been, uh, what, four years before this episode? Four years before this episode, yeah. So uh, so in Simpsons canon, uh, Bart would have been, uh, let's see, he would have been six, six watching yeah. this, and Lisa would have been four watching this. And I don't think... Maggie would have been born at that time. It's also weird that Krusty's live. <laughs> right? He's like been the, going for a long like that's time. That's a strange thing that Krusty has a live show. Yeah, it was a live on-air thing. Uh, so yeah, that's crazy. Uh, it's also kind of crazy to think that like I uh, the and I think this is a product of the writers 
like growing up because like clown shows weren't really much of a thing by the time you and I were kids and watching cartoons and stuff. But back in when they were kids, the Bozo writers, the yeah. Clown was licensed out to a bunch of different cities and they had their local Bozo the Clown. Yeah. My mom was actually on Bozo the Clown show in Detroit. Really? Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah, just weird, weird thing. Like they would license like a Bozo as a name brand clown out. People would train to be a bozo and be a regional bozo. That is really interesting because I always thought it was a national thing. I didn't realize it was a like a regional thing. It and was there a were regional multiple thing. bozos. Yep. So does that mean there's like evil bozos and like good bozos and bozos that were really entertaining and ones that were boring? Oh man, the bozo multiverse is going to be awesome <laughs> to go to. I want to see the one who turned into Batman. <laughs> Bozo's parents were killed by a mugger. It's so... So he has to hunt down some guy dressed as a bat because he's the Joker. Clown bat. Oh, it's like the Joker and Batman. Oh, I don't like to think about that. I... So, I... I... So they talk about on this news story, though, that uh, uh, Krusty got a pacemaker, uh, which uh, for those who are unfamiliar, a pacemaker is an artificial device for stimulating the heart muscle and regulating its contractions. It's uh, something to help uh, people who've had heart attacks. Uh, Also in the news story, we find out that Reverend Lovejoy is passionate about burning stuff. Yeah, Nazi passionate about burning stuff. He uh, says that there's going to be a public burning of all of Krusty's stuff, and uh, I feel like the uh, 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 this is a good time to talk about the animation a bit, because the animation in this episode is very solid. This is yes. very good season one animation. However, in this episode in particular, uh, there's a lot of stuff done with the character's eyes. Normally, throughout The Simpsons, characters' eyes don't really change much. Everything around the eyes will change. Eyebrows or, or the eyes might even change shape a little bit. But the pupils don't change. Reverend Lovejoy's pupils in that in this scene look really, really crazed. And when Homer uh, saw the gun earlier in the episode, his eyes uh, uh, like just go crazy. Huh. And uh, there's even another scene later on, which we'll get to, where uh, characters' eyes like kind of like look weird and interesting. So the next time you're watching the episode, make sure to uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, but I... Uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Rev- Reverend Lovejoy is very dispassionate about a lot of stuff, but not burning things, apparently. Oh, he loves to burn things. Mass yeah. burnings are... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I... The, uh... I, the, the episode continues on, though, and, uh... Is this the point in the episode where they just immediately go to the uh, burning, like, Homer gathers up so, Bart's stuff? They cut to the episode, and they cut to them basically going to the courthouse. Cut Krusty's arriving oh, at the right. courthouse. Oh, right. That happens first. You're right. And Krusty arrives at the courthouse, and the kids realize, wow, he looks so depressing without his makeup, his big shoes, his red nose. Did you also catch the number, uh, his uh, uh, prisoner number? Yes, I did. It's A113. Yeah, I uh, I wasn't aware of this. I, I actually did a quick search of it online because uh, uh, I just thought there might be some relevance to it. And Sean, I, you probably actually know a lot more about this topic. I do. A113 is an inside joke basically done by the California Institute of Arts alumni. So people like John Lasseter, Brad Bird, who directed this episode, Tim Burton, throw it into a lot of their animation. A lot of times when you see random numbers, you will see the numbers A113 in animation. Mm -hmm. You'll also see, which later on it will come up with uh, Sideshow Bob in a future episode. Yeah. You'll see the numbers from Les Miserables. 
Jean Valjean's uh, prisoner numbers. Oh. Those are two numbers that are commonly used throughout animation. So Interesting. A113, and we'll get to the other one way later on. But uh, And A113 is in reference to like a classroom from the school, correct. right? It is a classroom from the school, and people often do it. It's a classroom of arts and animation. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, a lot of Pixar films will use this. Oh, oh right, Lasseter. That makes sense. Lasseter and Brad Bird. Brad, and Bird. Brad Bird, actually, who directed this episode, he went on to basically be poached by Disney. And he did the Iron Giant for Warner Brothers, and then he went to do a lot of Disney stuff. He directed The Incredibles. Oh wow! He did um, Ratatouille. He went on to do the best Mission Impossible movie, Mission Impossible Four: Ghost Protocol. Ooh! I will argue with anyone that that is not the best <laughs> because that is the best Mission Impossible. <laughs> Three is also an acceptable answer. Uh huh. And then he went on to do Tomorrowland, which bombed at the box office and wasn't very good but oh. brad bird has got a very prolific career after the simpsons and he was a consultant for many of the episodes interesting i uh, yeah so i uh, i i you were saying though that uh crusty walks up the steps and bart is commenting on how uh drab his clothes look uh, i think lisa's with him bart and lisa yeah it's bart and lisa together and uh he he's wearing his pr- like prisoner like uniform uh he he doesn't have big floppy shoes uh he he's, his feet are tiny he uh uh doesn't have his makeup on and uh yeah he's just real depressing and like bart like as everyone's like you know trying to ask questions about like what type of gun did you use and stuff which should be in the footage like you know that's kind of a dumb reporter question but bart tugs on his like pant leg and he's like crusty like say you didn't do it and like in the lawyer's like ah my my client doesn't have anything to say at this time and crusty like looks at him pleads with him with like you know like with fear in his eyes he's like i didn't do it and everyone laughs at him and yeah, they, it's not a comedically timed way to say it either he says it heartfelt he's depressed mm-hmm. yeah and so in that moment bart is realizing ah this doesn't seem right i uh, so i uh, the i uh, which is also kind of interesting because uh, later in the series, Krusty makes joke about the fact that uh, uh, the 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 white coloring on his face isn't makeup. It was like some due to some kind of medical thing. And uh, uh, there there's a, a bunch of different episodes where it seems like that is the case. That is his real face. But clearly, we see here it is just makeup later on. Uh, maybe potentially, we're not sure. I, uh, but I, the I, uh, the. Transitions to the Bart's room at that point, right? With yeah. Homer ripping stuff off the walls, and I uh, basically taking all of his crusty memorabilia and getting it ready to burn it in the mass burning. Yeah, and also I, uh, I, uh, there, there's a, a particular line that I thought was uh, uh, kind of strange. I, uh, the uh, Marge says that I, uh, I, uh, like, oh, I can't believe, like, you know, he was an insane criminal genius. He robbed a liquor store during the evening with a mask that only covered his eyes. Listen, not a lot happened in the small town at the time, so that made him a criminal genius in her eyes. Insane criminal genius. He robbed a party store in broad daylight. He kept his clown mask or makeup on <laughs> and put a mask on. He was insane. All right. Insane, yes. Criminal genius? No way. I, I don't buy that for a second. Uh, so, 
Homer says, like, because, like, Homer's like, you know, or uh, Bart's like, Dad, he's like, you're you're giving into mob mentality. Like, you know, you got to stop this. And Homer defends himself by saying he's going for the winning or to the winning team, which is the city of Springfield. They so, are always giving into mob mentality. So there's actually a thing with the writers uh-huh. where they've talked about it in the commentaries for a lot of these episodes. Yeah. Whenever a mob happens, uh-huh. Springfield will always go to the mob. <laughs> whatever the scenario is, they will go mob mentality and hate whatever they're supposed to hate. That's hilarious. And we'll see that time and time again on The Simpsons. I mean, we've already seen it twice this season now. This will be the second time because they did it when uh, Crust... Telltale Head. Telltale Head. Yeah, Telltale Head. And uh, uh, and then this episode, too. Uh, so Homer rips all the stuff off the wall, takes all of his crusty stuff. They go to the public burning, and I, uh, Reverend Lovejoy is like, "Oh, like he's like, do be careful, like you know, it's to their children's toys, so the fire will spread quickly." Which, that's a hilariously what dark are, line. What are what were our toys made of when we were kids? I'll tell you what they weren't made of. What's that? Asbestos. <laughs> Touche. We need more asbestos in our toys. For more kids. asbestos. More asbestos. I uh, so. <laughs> So uh, they set it on fire, and uh, uh, people are, like, selling stuff to burn. Uh, It's, like, this ridiculous, just, like, ridiculous cavalcade of nonsense. And uh, I... Fun choice of words there. (laughs) There might be a reason for that. Uh, So I... Bart's real depressed. All of his crusty stuff is gone. He's worshipped and idolized him. Uh, So I... It cuts to the court, and uh, at this point, because the animation is getting better, the crowd in the courtroom doesn't look horrific. No, they look like actual members of Springfield. Yeah, uh, you. I, I. I don't think that like you know you're, you're going to see a lot of like characters that you would know in there, but like you know when you look at the crowd, it does not look just just slap dash together or whatever. So one of my favorite parts about this whole courtroom scene uh-huh. is they show the footage of Homer diving into the snack case. Uh huh. And everyone laughs at Homer. Every single person the, in that courtroom. The lawyer even says he's like, Mr. Simpson, is that you taking that cowardly dive into the salted treats? And it's like, the guy had a gun. What did you expect? Did you think he was going to karate chop it out of his hands and be like, I'm saving the Quickie Mart $50. <laughs> you know, like, who gives a crap? It's a, it's a convenience store. The guy wanted his money. Yeah, I mean, he had a gun that's dangerous, but, like, it's going to be a lot more dangerous when Homer tries to get the gun and it goes off and he gets shot. It's just, it's that, like, a lot of a lot of people are giving Homer flack for this, and honestly, there's no reason for that. But Homer says yes. So keep that in mind, listeners. If you're ever being robbed, Craig will dive out of the way for you. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, if you're being robbed, I'm going to let it happen. I'm not being a hero. I'm not getting shot because you want to keep $30. You should tie your money up in your bank account like I do. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I uh, so the the lawyer asks Homer, he's like, Can you point out uh the well, actually, there's a few scenes in here that are pretty great because like even right before that, uh the judge asks uh uh Krusty, which we actually see a few different people we know. We see Lou, uh, who is white in this scene. He goes back to being or he's still white when he should be black. Uh, and you also see Judge Snyder. Which Judge Snyder comes up a lot later on. He's usually the judge that the Simpsons deal with. 
<laughs> we'll later find out that his son was hit by a car driven by Lionel Hutz. I thought that was his dog. Uh, replace the word dog with son and the, and the word accidentally with repeatedly. I... Uh, so I, uh, Judge Snyder asks uh, Krusty the Clown, he's like, do you plead innocent or guilty? And uh, Krusty, Krusty's like, uh, 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 what does he say? He's like, uh, uh, like guilty, your honor. And everyone freaks out. And then uh, he's like, oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, not guilty. Opening night jitters. Uh, so I, I, the, the lawyer asks Homer to point out uh, uh, the person he saw in the party store and he stares at Bart and Bart's pleading with him. He doesn't want, you know, Homer to, to point him out. He thinks that he's innocent, but Homer saw what he saw. So he points at him and the lawyer's like, let the record show that the, uh, the witness eventually <laughs> pointed at Krusty the Clown. Another thing that we learned during this is Judge Snyder asks him to look at exhibit A. We learned Krusty is illiterate. Uh huh. Yep. Krusty is illiterate. Which earlier in the episode we found out that uh, uh, after Krusty's heart attack, he wanted to give back to the, the the people and help you know people grow. So he started his campaign for uh, uh, children's literacy, and the tagline is "Give a hoot, read a book," <laughs> which of course is a play on "Give a hoot, don't pollute," uh, which is funny because Krusty's illiterate and. It's just sort of kind of fitting that that's the line. Uh, but uh, uh, one of my, uh, I really enjoy the line in this moment because, like, like everyone panics. And, uh, uh, you know, the judge is like, you know, could it be that the champion of children's literacy is illiterate himself? And Krusty cries and he's like, is it a crime to be illiterate? And the lawyer's like, this is the letter B. And he's like, these are betting slips. He's like, showing that you lost substantial money on sports gambling. And Krusty's like, is it a crime to bet on sports gambling? And the lawyer's like, yes, it is. And Krusty's like, oh, whoops. <laughs> what a great scene. Love it. So I, I, the the scene kind of transitions and court is still going. It's still continuing on. And Bart gets home and he freaks out on Lisa because Lisa is watching Sideshow Bob. Krusty's old Partner? sidekick. Sidekick, yeah, sidekick. Who now has his own show. And what's that show called, Craig? Why, that show is called The Sideshow Bob Cavalcade of Whimsy. He puts the slide whistle down and he appeals to the audience with the voice of Kelsey Grammer. Such a fantastic voice for this character. And uh, I I don't want to delve too deep into it because the episode's going to go long anyway because we love this episode so much. But uh, uh, Kelsey Grammer apparently based this voice upon someone he knew. Uh, it was like somebody who, who he did work for when he was younger and he was getting, like, just started uh, like acting like when he was younger. Uh, and... Uh, uh, it was this guy, I guess, who was sort of like really dramatic, and uh, I don't remember the, the the guy's name. You you can always uh, uh, check out interviews Kelsey Grammer's done about Sideshow Bob, uh, but uh, he he's just so dramatic in this like impression of this guy, and it, it's great. But uh, uh, that's where he got this voice from, and uh, Sideshow Bob is very eloquent. He's very very you know taut. Yes, very, and uh, Sideshow Bob 
puts down the slide whistle and uh, he's like, for years, you've only, you know, heard me like uh, communicate through the the uh, like the primitive sounds of this like wind instrument. He's like, but soon the show will be transitioning and we'll be offering, you know, like he, basically he's trying to like offer self-help. He's trying to uh, uh, like uh, not only entertain the kids, but teach them, educate them, yada, yada. Which uh, is in its own right kind of noble. I mean... That's the, basically what Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was. The, and Fred Rogers was one of the greatest human beings who has ever lived. Very true, but the path to hell is paved on good intentions, Sean. Because we're going to find out that maybe things aren't what they seem. So, Sideshow Bob appeals to the kids, and all the kids are, are, are with him. But, there's one who did not lose his se uh, sense of distrust, and that is Bart. Bart freaks out on Lisa, and he's like, you backstabber, you traitor, and Lisa slaps him across the face, which is a little much, but, you know. She's trying to slap some sense into him, yeah, so. Yeah, quite literally. And she says, face it, Bart, like, the person that you idolized was a criminal. Like, that's all there is to it. You're gonna have to get over it. And Bart turns off the TV, and he's like, listen. He's like, I know he's innocent, but I need your help. And Lisa's like, why? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> You know why. And she's like, no, no, tell me. He's like, because you're smarter than me. And Lisa has the smuggest smile on her <laughs> she's face. She's so <laughs> smug. Lisa may be very altruistic and, and want to do the right thing, but uh, she does like being better than others. So I don't know if we mentioned it earlier in the episode, but when Krusty is in court, he's actually found guilty of the crime. Ah, yes, the uh, that's true. Uh, uh, the jury comes back. Uh, says that he's guilty, and the uh, uh, lawyer says, oh, this always happens. Yeah, I don't know if we mentioned that earlier, but Krusty is found guilty yeah, of that's this true. crime, which is kind uh, of important. Oh, that's right. I think I was thinking that the uh, uh, the trial continued on, but you're right. Uh, uh, Krusty is found guilty. And uh, so I... Uh, Bart takes Lisa to the, the scene of the crime, and Apu uh, is very nervous at this point. Very nervous. He says something that I think is really, really dark. Uh, while they're looking at the magazine rack, he says, uh, uh, this isn't a lending library. Put it down or I'll blow your freaking heads off. Yeah, Apu threatens to shoot children. Yeah, Apu's uh, the... Children who are the children of a man who was in a barbershop quartet with him. That's his friend's kids that he threatened to shoot. Apu's just being a bit extra. He's just nervous. A little bit. He's being incredibly <laughs> extra. He threatened to blow kids' heads off. Good God. Listen, if I had a dollar for every time I threatened to blow a child's head off, I, I don't think I would have any money. You're right. That is a little weird. Uh, so I, uh, Bart I'm not a child guy, and I find that really <laughs> dark. <laughs> so, so Bart and Lisa go investigating, and I, I, you know, Lisa's like, Bart, she's like, look at the sign. He's like, so I don't have a pacemaker. The microwave warns that you know, uh, uh, to to avoid a uh, uh, like you know to avoid using it if you have a pacemaker. And I thought that might have been like an outdated thing, like oh, like technology's come a long way, like that's not a thing anymore, right? But no, if you go to the, I believe it's the, uh, what is it, the Red Cross's website, which describes pacemakers, there's like a, it's like 
40 pages of like talking about like what you should use and what you can't use and what you should avoid and how to avoid it and like electronics are a big thing if you have a pacemaker i had no clue yeah my grandmother actually has a pacemaker and we had to take a bunch of stuff out of her house when she got it put in wow yeah it's i thought that was uh uh kind of interesting i i had no clue that there's that much to it i uh, but so i i you know Lisa's like, no, Bart. She's like, don't you remember the get well card we sent? That was after Krusty had his pacemaker put in, which Lisa would have been, what did I say, four at the time? She has a good memory. She was four at the time. I remember stuff when I was four. I don't really remember stuff when I was four, I don't think. I had a Batmobile Matchbox car that I bought at the Toys R Us in Westland, Michigan. You have way better memory than most people I know, though. Also, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I just don't know why I remember (laughs) buying it there. I just stupid things like that stick out of my head. But if you were to ask me history of our own country that I should know, probably would not do so well. Don't worry, Sean. I've got history covered because I have to look it up for the show. <laughs> but anyway, uh, 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 Lisa, uh, you know, says like, no, no, you know, we did this get well card. And Lisa also points out that Krusty, when he's in the video footage, is reading the Springfield Review of Books. But yeah. Krusty can't read. He's illiterate. He's illiterate. Yeah, why would he be reading it? And so things aren't adding up. Lisa puts the magazine back, and she's like, you're right. Like, did Krusty the Clown have any enemies? Which, kudos to Lisa for really thinking like a like a, uh, uh, like a detective should. You know, like, who would benefit from Krusty being set up? And Bart's like, well, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know who his enemies would be. But I know who would know. His best friend in the whole world, Sideshow Bob. So they decide to head to uh, the filming of the Sideshow Bob Cavalcade of Whimsy show. <laughs> Love that name. And uh, and they go to talk to Sideshow Bob. And Sideshow Bob is a gentleman with these children. He takes them in there and he talks to them. Oh yeah, and uh, even I think even before that, uh, uh, he signs like you know autographs and stuff, and he's like, "Oh, I can't help thinking about what happened to Krusty," and he like goes into the room and he like starts sobbing softly, and uh, and, and then he's those tears transition, and we learn a little bit about Sideshow Bob. <laughs> His maniacal laugh is so good. So I got a question for you about yeah. his maniacal laugh. Because I have role-played with Craig for years. Craig uh-huh. DMs a lot of role-playing games. And there's a villain that he had in a lot of his campaigns named Infernus. Uh-huh. And Infernus has a very pronounced voice and laugh. Could could you could you give that for our listeners? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, did that come from Sideshow Bob. It's it's a bit of Sideshow Bob in there. It it is uh it is uh, uh Sideshow Bob uh and also uh uh Omadon from the Flight of Dragons movie. Uh, oh, if you remember movie, that. Yeah. Uh, that was a, a a cartoon movie we watched when we were uh kids. It did it come out in the 80s? I think uh, it did. I think it's early 80s or late 70s. Maybe late 70s that could be. But yeah, uh I uh, uh, Sideshow Bob has definitely been a large influence on uh, he shouldn't be, but he's been a large influence on me over the years. He is, I think, my favorite Simpsons character, uh, I do believe. he. I think he might be my favorite. Uh, 
but I... But so, yeah, clearly Sideshow Bob is delighting in the fact that he is now in control of the show and, uh, you know, not uh, Krusty the Clown. And so when Bart and Lisa arrive, uh, like, you have uh, people who are like, oh, like, we're going to put your face on everything. You're going to make all this money. And uh, Sideshow Bob drops a lot of shade on Krusty because he's like... He says that he'll he'll sign up the paperwork later, and he says, I take great pride in being able to sign my own name. Whoa! A lot of shade! Yeah, a lot of shade for someone who was best friends with him. Right, yeah. And don't get me wrong, you know, yeah, everyone should be literate. Like, if you're not, yeah, you should take lengths to become literate, you know? That's just something that, like, is, is beneficial as a, a person in society. However... That is real cold. And uh, uh, a security guard is like, you know, oh, uh, uh, two kids are here to see you. And he, you know, oh, we'll sign this paperwork later. He puts on, uh, uh, or he goes to put on his shoes in front of Bart and Lisa. And he has really big feet and puts on the shoes. And he says like, oh, well, you know, we, no time to talk now. Here are tickets to my show. They ask him a couple questions about Krusty first. Because he does talk to him a little bit. Because mm-hmm. they're asking like, hey, you know, we want to talk to you about Krusty the Clown. And Sideshow Bob's like, oh, you mean my good friend. It's a shame what happened. Uh-huh. Sideshow Bob feels bad. Sure he does. He feels terrible about what happened. Maybe, perhaps. Uh, so he, he tells the kids, you know, watch my show and, you know... He'll help him. He'll help him out later, or whatever. Or maybe he won't help him out. He's kind of vague about that. He just gives him tickets and chews him out. The show starts, and uh, 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 in another uh, kind of uh, uh, a tiny bit of shady throws is at the start of the episode. You have Krusty, who's like, "Who do you love?" And the kids are like, "Crust, you, you know, you Krusty the Clown." In at this uh, scene, Sideshow Bob mimics that, but he says. Whom do you love? Which is more grammatically correct. Leave it to Sideshow Bob. But I... So, I... He, I... 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 He's, he's going to start up a session on, like, adolescent, you know, uh, problems. Which he calls... Choices. Which... <laughs> It's so weird. So he he uh, uh, scans the crowd and sees Bart has a frown because Bart doesn't love Sideshow Bob as much as he loves Krusty. He loves him a zillionth as much as he loves Krusty. So he he puts out his hand to Bart and he's like, you know, like you seem troubled. And Bart's like, nah, 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 nah. And he's like, Bart, he's like, I'm holding my hand out to you, which is a scene that'll later be reflected when they're on the dam. Uh, in the episode where uh, uh, Sideshow Bob's brother comes in. Sideshow Cecil. Sideshow Cecil. And uh, he like throws out, he holds out his hand, and Lisa pushes him, and he gets brought on stage. And Sideshow Bob is like, you know, what's troubling you? He's like, I bet you don't, like, uh, like uh, the kids don't accept you at school. And Bart's <laughs> like, well, that is true, Sideshow Bob. He's like, that's not what's bothering me. He says, we think Krusty was framed. And Sideshow Bob gets defensive and nervous. And he's like, what do you mean? Whatever makes you think that. Yeah. And Bart's like, well, he was using a pacemaker. Or he was using a microwave, and he had a pacemaker. And Sideshow Bob's like, oh, he's like, I knew Krusty so well. He never took medical advice very seriously. And Bart kind of shrugs it off. He goes, oh, yeah, I guess you're right on that. Yeah. And he says, well, what about the fact that he was reading this, uh, the Springfield Review of Books? He's like, he was illiterate. And Sideshow Bob says, I... 
uh, he's like, well, look at all these like you know cartoons in this in this you know uh, review. Uh, he's like, you know, certainly that could it could have just been it. And uh, did you catch the writers? Who were the writers? Because I did catch them. I'm just curious if you got them both noted there. Yeah, so uh, he makes mention of uh, uh, characters and cartoons uh, of Gore Vidal and uh, Susan Sontag. Gore Vidal will later show up in The Simpsons in Summer of Four Foot Two when Lisa's asked if she has any friends. And she says the only friends she has are Gore Vidal. And even he's kissed more boys than she has. <laughs> Which is interesting. And now I always thought that was just sort of like a, an offhand remark making fun of Gore Vidal, but he was homosexual. Yes. Uh, so uh, I, I didn't really know a lot about Gore Vidal until I did some research. He was a writer. Uh, he published a book in 1948 called The City and the Pillar, which got him blacklisted uh, since it presented uh, its character coming to terms with his homosexuality in an era where it was persecuted. I mean, 1948, this is even before the 50s started when it was persecuted hard then. Uh, which, oddly, there's actually some very interesting reports you can read. Um, I don't remember the title of the book, but somebody did a book mm -hmm. about how it became more accepted. And the biggest time homosexuality became accepted was World War II. Because there were a lot of people who lived in small towns, like in the middle of Midwest, uh -huh. never really dealt with anyone else who felt the way they did. Yeah, And then they got brought into the military. And suddenly there were a lot of people from all over the country, and they learned, I'm not alone. Interesting. And it was a big positive movement for homosexuality. Now, that's especially interesting because uh, this book, The City and the Pillar, was de uh, uh, dedicated to J.T. And years later, Vidal uh, admitted that the initials J.T. were for James Trimble III, who died at the Battle of Iwo Jima, uh, who was the only person in life that Gore Vidal ever loved. Huh. Which is really kind of heartfelt and, and kind of depressing. Kind of depressing. Yeah. Uh, Susan Sontag uh, was an author and essayist who wrote about many different topics, ranging from uh, human rights to even, like, photography. Uh, and she received a whole lot of criticism in uh, 1967 for stating that white civilization is a cancer upon the world. <laughs> and while, while I was reading that article, I was like... But is Susan all that wrong? <laughs> uh, not really. <laughs> yeah, so I, I thought that was uh, uh, very interesting uh, that they brought those two up. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I. So Sideshow Bob explains away all the evidence that Bart and Lisa had collected. And Bart is lost. He doesn't really know what he's doing. And he's like, and, and Sideshow Bob is like, listen, he's like, you know, Krusty, we got to remember the fun times, all like his antics, his shenanigans. And Bart's like, and the times he, sh times he shot you out of a cannon and the <laughs> happiness fades. He's like, and the time he shot me out of a cannon and he's just miserable. And uh, Sideshow Bob utters the line. I know I have some mighty big shoes to fill. That line sticks with Bart. Mighty Bart big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. And Bart, it dawns on him that in the footage, Homer steps on a crusty, quote unquote, foot. And the guy screams out in pain. 
but Krusty has small feet. So Bart grabs one of the mallet props and he's like, listen, he's like, Sideshow Bob framed him. I have the proof. Slams his uh, foot with a mallet and he's like, ah, oh, you stupid little. And he like takes his shoes off and he's like, look at these big, disgusting feet. Not like he doesn't have small, tiny feet like all good hearted people do, <laughs> which is kind of mean to people with big feet. A little bit. But I, I. Uh, Chief Wiggum, Lou and Eddie are watching the Krusty the Clown show at the police station, and Lou and Eddie are like, oh, how did we miss that? And Wiggum's like, get off your butts and go down there and pick him up. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah. And then they basically arrest Sideshow Bob, and Krusty's let out. Yep. That's not how the legal process works. No, Cr- Krusty was-, was found guilty. They would have to legally go through a process to get him out. They get him out really quick. That it is may- not how wrongfully committed people get let out, which is unfortunate. It, it, that is very true. It should be a lot faster. But uh, I will say this is Springfield, and they don't really take their legal system or much of anything else all that seriously. That's true. I... So Krusty is let out, and I, I, Sideshow Bob gives a, a great maniacal dialogue about how, you know, uh, he played a buffoon and Krusty the Clown squandered his money on, like, gambling and all these, like, illegal stuff. And Sideshow Bob was going to do right by the world with his actions of framing Krusty and getting rid of him. When really we kind of know it was a lot about him gaining power and money and the admiration yeah. of others. And, and because he wanted to read children, the man in the Iron Mask. Uh, but I had mentioned earlier about all the crazy eyes. Weird thing about oh, yeah? Sideshow Bob wanting to read The Man in the Iron Mask. Uh-huh. Sideshow Bob is fluent in French. Uh-huh. You think he would call it by its French title since it is a French book? Oh, yeah. I mean, he is condescending enough to want to do that. Yeah, you would think so. I didn't mm. think about that till now. I would have actually looked up the French title so I could say it because I can't speak French to save my <laughs> life. But uh, uh, they throw Sideshow Bob into the uh, uh, the back of the squad car or whatever, or the uh, the like SWAT van or whatever it is, and he's screaming and he's like, he's like, take children seriously. They captured me. Like, and I'm a genius. And uh, he gets taken away. But his eyes. I had mentioned earlier in the episode how the animation for eyes is like weird, kind of weird in some parts yeah. of this episode. This is another scene where the eyes are all crazy looking and stuff. Uh, and so I. Uh, uh, Sideshow Bob gets taken off to jail and uh, Krusty the Clown, you know, says he's like, you know, at least there was one boy who believed in me no matter what. As Wiggum is like, we made a terrible, terrible, terrible mistake. It won't happen again. Uh, and so Bart gets the a photo of him with Krusty. Krusty very crudely signs it. And uh, the episode ends with Bart in his room with a whole bunch of Krusty the Clown stuff, which I hope that Krusty the Clown gave him so that the... I was going to ask you about that. Do you think Krusty the Clown gave him that stuff, or do you think that Homer felt so bad for destroying all the stuff that Homer went out and bought it? I'm... Homer's selfish enough that I don't think he would have bought it that quickly. So I would imagine it was probably given to him by Krusty the Clown. And uh, the episode ends with him in his room, and everything's right with the world. And Sideshow Bob is in prison. Yes, he will. stay forever. I'm sure he'll stay there forever. What are the odds he gets out? I mean, it was only armed robbery, though. Yeah, I mean, we'd have to have a crooked legal system to let him out. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Huh. So, the lasting impact of this episode. I know mine. It introduced Sideshow Bob. There's no other thing. Yeah, Sideshow Bob is... 
Bart's rival. He is Bart's main enemy he of is anyone. His one of his many arch enemies. Uh, Bart has a few arch enemies, uh, including uh, Doctor Demento, uh, but its main arch enemy is Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob will eventually try to murder Bart's family members. He'll try to murder Bart. He'll try to take over the city. He'll try to do a whole lot of nasty stuff, like blowing it up with a nuke. He is the true villain of the Simpsons. Even if Mister Burns is the one who's more constant. Sideshow Bob is the real villain of this series. Yeah, he, that is definitely the lasting impact. And also, Kelsey Grammer is just so good as Sideshow Bob. There's never a time he's not on point. Yeah, he, he is always solid with Sideshow Bob. He There's never a time he's not. I uh, Yeah, that, that is the lasting impact of this episode, is Sideshow Bob. Oh, yeah, there's no arguing mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I can't get over uh, how, how much fun this episode is. Because this is, like, unlike some of the later Sideshow Bob episodes, I... Uh, this one really, really gave it that mystery feeling. Uh, it let you sort of solve the crime along with Bart and Lisa to a certain extent. Not as much as, like, who shot Mr. Burns. Or uh, Black Widow. Or, or Black Widower, yeah. You know, like, uh, I, I, it, like in those episodes, uh, you don't, like, I mean, in Black Widower, you realize Sideshow Bob is evil. And in this one, though, you kind of get the clues, uh, you know, pretty early on that Sideshow Bob is pretty happy that, Krusty the Clown is put away. You, it isn't necessarily stated he's the one who did it until you get to the end of the episode. But yeah, it's uh, it's solid. I love this episode oh, so much. Me too. I love this episode, and it is my favorite season one episode by far. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's the best season one episode. I think you can make the claim for like maybe Bart the General, Crepes of Wrath, uh, but I. Uh, but this is certainly my favorite too. Yeah, I. Uh, but yeah, that's where we're uh, uh, going to go ahead and uh, wrap up this episode. Uh, went a little long talking about Sideshow Bob, but I mean... I assume every Sideshow Bob episode will go a little long, let's yeah, be honest. Probably. That's very true. I, uh, But uh, I definitely appreciate uh, you guys uh, listening to Noiseland Arcade. Uh, make sure to check out our Patreon page, uh, because uh, twice per month we uh, are going to release, uh, uh, like you know, a sort of a bi-monthly show uh, where we uh, talk about different topics involving The Simpsons, and you only get access to that when you're a member of our Patreon page. Uh, it's for as little as five dollars a month, you get that, and even for one dollar a month, you get access to uh, uh, like you know some other bonus perks through the Gamesilla Media Network, as well as like uh, uh, you know a Discord exclusive. Or, I'm sorry, Patreon-exclusive Discord channels uh, for our Games of Media Discord. So make sure to join us there and talk about The Simpsons with us. As always, everybody have a good day. Absolutely. Uh, this has uh, been an amazingly fun episode. Make sure to check uh, all that out, and uh, we'll catch you next time.